Welcome to the strangest gig I've ever played. True Tales from the Studio and the Stage. I'm your host, Chris J. Norwood. On the podcast with us today is Kelsey Ray, old friend of mine and former bandmate. I guess we were in a band. Not really sure what to call it. We get into that a little bit, along with some other amazing stories. And uh, yeah, let's jump right in. Welcome back to The Strangest Gig. I'm your host, Chris J. Norwood. If you listen to the pilot episode, you will have heard me talk about one of my strangest gigs, and that was a time when I was in a group called Vocal Trash. Vocal Trash is a stage show. We played trash cans, buckets, water bottles, sang three and four part harmony, toured all over the country, played state fairs, festivals, corporate gigs. It was a lot of fun. It was a very... uh, It was a very special time. It was a time that I look back on with great fondness. In Vocal Trash, I met today's guest, Kelsey Ray. Kelsey has been performing on stages since she was five years old. She's a phenomenal singer, phenomenal dancer. And uh, after I left Vocal Trash, Vocal Trash went went on to tour the world, basically. They've been to countries all over Africa, um, India, and uh, several others. Recently, Kelsey has started her own group called 2B1 World. She gets into that a little bit and uh, talks about spreading the, the message of uh, environmentalism and caring for the environment. And she's using that, her show now to, uh, to, to carry on that message. She tells us all about that. And we also reminisce about some uh, former vocal trash shows that she and I were in that, uh, uh, that were certainly some of my strangest gigs. But before we get to that, I wanted to let you know October is a very exciting month for me. My new project, Chris J. Norwood and the Knockdown Dragout, is releasing some music, finally, out into the world. Our cover of the great Otis Redding song, Fa 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 Fa, sad song. It will be hitting all streaming services Friday, October 20th. Then, please, come help us celebrate the very next night, Saturday, October 21st, at the Double Wide. You can get your tickets there at at Double Double Wide's website. Please, uh, when the song comes out, check it out. That'll give you just a little taste of what the Knockdown Dragout has in store. Then come party with us at the Double Wide. We've got a lot of really fun stuff, a lot of new music, a new album coming out. And uh, I hope you will check it out. We've been having a lot of fun with these shows. They're uh, soulful, make you want to dance. And it's it's a good time. So, uh, yeah, hit us up, ChrisJNorwood.com, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, X, whatever it is, at ChrisJNorwood. So stay tuned, stay involved, and come see us. And now, without any further ado, here's Kelsey Ray. Hey, Kelsey. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yes, Chris. Thanks for having me. This is, um, we've known each other a really long time. Yeah, we go way back. And um, yeah, I'm excited to talk to you because, so my very first episode, I talked all about vocal trash as being one of my strange gigs. Yeah. Strange in a good way. (laughs) Um, So I've been wanting to get you on to be able to kind of reminisce yeah uh so but before we get to that tell me about your current gig what you what you're doing currently and um then we'll get into a bit of your backstory and kind of how you got here yeah i I put together a show called to be one so it kind of stands for to be one with the planet to be one with one another um and i put that together about a year ago um it's basically a concept of uh, musical theater 
kind of angle to it, a variety show based on uh, coming together, saving the planet. That's always been kind of a passion of mine. Uh, working with the youth, um, just trying to make a difference with my my talent. I was trying to find a new avenue, and, and this is kind of the direction I've gone. And um, how long have you been doing To Be One? Uh, for about a year. Okay. Yeah. And then, so before that, obviously, uh, Vocal Trash. Vocal Trash, yeah. Tell me, tell me about... Um, for people who may just be like just tuning in who who don't know about Vocal Trash, t- tell me about Vocal Trash and well, Vocal Trash started um, back in about two thousand and two. Uh, we originally were uh, just a cover band, and then um, Steve Linder, uh, the other creator of the show, um, had a concept of adding trash cans, and it was a really interesting at first, and it's just kind of it morphed into this amazing show and. Um, it's basically like recycled instruments with uh, breakdancing and tap and horns and comedy. It, it was a really fun show. Um, but the recycling and saving the planet thing, I came up with that about 13 years ago. Okay. Uh, and that's when I definitely found my passion. I created a children's show. I wrote a children's book. Um, and then I found like a really where I wanted to put my talent, which was trying to make a difference. So that all kind of combined with vocal trash. Yeah. And uh, vocal trash, obviously, a lot of like fairs and festivals and festivals, corporate gigs. Corporate, yep. Mm-hmm. And then one of the coolest things that y'all got to do is is go play a bunch overseas. Yes, that that was life changing for me. I um always loved the fairs and festivals, and I still enjoy to do them. But going abroad and learning other cultures and seeing the environmental issues that they had, um, gosh, I learned so much, and I'm I you know, it brought in. Just this new, new way of thought for me. It changed my life, to be honest. Like yeah. it really, I noticed um, how much we take things for granted in the U.S. Sure. Uh, just like seeing, especially Africa. Africa, I've been quite a few times, but you know, a lot of people there they they don't have anything, not even shoes on their feet. But it's, right. they've got this like joy and this uh, hope, and the way they responded to our show and. Um, what was the language barrier like? like? There really wasn't because we go with the U.S. Embassy. Okay. So usually, and that's how you got kind of hooked up and yeah. Okay. Um, Steve met a guy. We were doing a showcase called APAP in um, New York, and he met a guy and he told him about the children's program that we had, and so he um, noticed, oh, they they're not only a show but they have a message, and there's a thing called Arts Envoy. Mm-hmm. And they work with the U.S. Embassy and they work with groups that have a message. Mm-hmm. And that's basically the environmental side of things is the why we went abroad. Yeah. So there's really no language barrier because we worked usually with English-speaking schools. Okay. Now, there were areas that they were. Yeah. Like um, Jordan was one that we went and that was very difficult. There was a lot of times that the there was a language barrier. Mm-hmm. Um, but Africa is a pretty English-speaking anyway. So it's like... Sure. Uh, we're all that the job good to go. We started in Romania. We went to Micronesia, Mongolia, Jordan, um, Africa a few times. So Zambia, Morocco, Liberia. Um, where else did we go? Oh, we Mongolia. Did I say that? I said that. Um, and then with the new show, we went to India. Yeah. My new 2B1, we went with, to India a couple months ago in May. Jordan was one of them. And I think that's it. That's so cool. It was really yeah. cool. Like that's to me, I've been on stage forever. 
So I started when I was five. Mm -hmm. I literally never left in 40 years. So musical theater was my background. I did about 30 musicals growing up, um, commercials, you know, just everything you can think of. And um, I've always had a passion for stage, but then to find like, wow, I can, I can make a difference with my yeah. talent. That's definitely the angle that I wanted to go with my new show. That's great. Yeah. One of the, the gigs I wanted to ask you about was my very first one for Vocal Trash. Okay. And I don't know if you remember this show. It was the Dade County Fair. Oh, yeah. And we were we were playing the Dade County Fair, and I think it was Dollar Night at, at the Dade County Fair. <laughs> yeah. And we're playing a show, and like a horde of people rush the uh, rush the gate. Yeah, I do. Remember. And there was like a, there were long lines, and people were getting really upset. Yes. Then they tore the gates down, jumped jumped over the, <laughs> and we were playing right there at the front I do of the gate. That. And just, I remember like, I think that was like our third show and me going, what have I gotten into? <laughs> I do remember that. That fair was an interesting thing anyway. It we was. It was. It was so different than most fairs. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the people. I learned just, it was, but I, I, I remember thinking like, is, is this how it's going to be? <laughs> I do remember that. Man, that's so long ago. It was so scary because... I mean, they were literally jumping the fences yeah. and tearing the fences down. Yeah, I do remember that. And, we were, and we're just, you know, hitting on trash cans. And... <laughs> oh, my gosh. You were probably like, what is this? <laughs> my next memory of that fair was, I forget the guy's name. He was pretty popular amongst other, like, fair fairs in the, the southern Florida area. He was a clown, but he was also an Elvis Okay. Impersonator, I think. I don't even remember. Some of that name. stuff blurs to me. <laughs> but I remember I remember sitting backstage in what you know, what little green room we had, and he had his like whole clown makeup on. And he was smoking cigarettes. That's awesome. And talking about how he was, you know, basically prostituting himself for drugs. <laughs> surprise me the fair always had such interesting people they do but they're awesome too like, there's he was so kind and yeah. he was real sweet and funny but he was just the fairs of, are anyway, like we did so many of those i mean we were probably doing 150 a year at the time dates. 150 fairs right well dates. no dates yeah yeah probably like 10 15 fairs and i mean it was always different everywhere in the country so different which one was your favorite i think probably well i have two the Iowa State Fair yeah. was always my favorite. Mm -hmm. um, that was just the response we got. I mean, we always had thousands of people at those shows. Yeah. And the people were just so awesome. And my other one was Dutchess County Fair in New York. That was always my favorite. Yep. Just I loved the scenery it. Was, was beautiful there. Yeah. And it just, and it so just had chill. a different vibe. Yeah. Yeah. In the, in the Catskills, it was just really, really cool. Those are probably my two favorites. My other, so we did that, the Dade County Fair, and then like a month later, I think we were playing like this corporate gig in Vail. So we're staying at, you know, oh, a lot yeah. of times those corporate gigs, they would put us up in pretty nice hotels. Yeah, yeah. So it was from that to that, and then we, I think a month after that, we were in, um, I think Puerto Rico. Oh. At some. Was that when Justin Timberlake's mom was there? Was that that gig and she kept requesting in sync? I think so. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember her coming up and I thought she was lying. I, I think I told you, I was like, this lady's saying she's 
Justin Timberlake's mom. <laughs> and sure enough, I go. I don't think I googled it, but somehow we found it. Requesting in sync. Yes, we're like we don't know any in sync. What, what do you think this is? <laughs> no, I'd forgotten about that. Me entirely. too. It's funny, like. We worked so much, and I mean, it was 23 years that I was doing that. So they kind of like start blurring together until I start really thinking about individual gigs. Well, tell me now, tell me, like, do you have one that you remember as your strangest gig? (sighs) Strange. And like, strange doesn't always mean bad. Like, a lot of times it's just... I mean, there was one... COVID was really interesting. So COVID was towards the end of Vocal Trash. And they were trying out um, the drive-up yeah. gigs. So everyone was in their cars. Yeah. Um, that one's strange to me because I don't guess I've ever performed like for people in their cars. And the applause was like horns and stuff or like that. Or lights flashing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And we would try to go out to the to the cars and then, you know, frequencies would start going bad because we had to run back to the stage. And that, that whole thing was like, it was very interesting. Yeah. That's one that kind of stuck out just because I hadn't done anything like that. But I mean, for me, it's like every trip abroad. So fairs and festivals and the corporate, those were always so different. Like the gigs we did were so different. There yeah. were never one of the same, you know? Yeah. And it was, uh, the abroad stuff was what really stands out, like what we were up against. Yeah. Um, in Liberia, they we were playing in most areas we play in are, are poverty stricken. I yeah. mean, there there were some that weren't, mm-hmm. but we were having to get so inventive because there's you know obviously no sound and oh, really? some of yeah. these were in the middle of nowhere. And I mean, so what would y'all do for gear? Because like with vocal trash, you can't a lot of that stuff you can't fly. No, we made it because the program it was a bit different. So okay. Places like Morocco, we did like Timitar Festival. We did this huge festival. Yeah. Now that one stands out for me because like J-Lo was there the year before. I mean, it was oh, wow. massive. And the the way they were responding to things. I mean, that one stands out because of the amount of people. And that gig, because that was the what, um, I think our second trip abroad. Yeah. Romania was our first. Those were more concerts. Okay. And then when we started going to places like Micronesia, Mongolia, uh, Africa, they started becoming more one-on-one with the youth. Um, we did some domestic violence camps uh, mm-hmm. women and children were at. Um, so we just had to get inventive. It was definitely more like just communicating with the kids and okay. just talking to them more, showing them how to make an instrument out of trash. Yeah. Um, there's a time that we would even separate the kids up and the break dancers would teach them to dance. I would teach them to sing. Steve or Greg would teach them to drum. And then it was like, we do this like communal song at the end. Um, but it, you, we definitely had to be thinking on our feet for it because we didn't have the gear like you would think. Yeah. Or PA in general. Yeah. You know, we went to Jordan and that was in 2021. And... I had been talking to the embassy back and forth for about a month. And I'm like, okay, so the sound, you know, just want to make sure we got the right PA. Because a lot of stuff we did were tracks. Yeah. And uh, we get to this amazing historic site. And they're all sitting waiting. And I said, well, you know, where's the sound? She's like, she pointed to the wall and it was to plug in. And I'm like, there's (laughs) no no sound? She's like, well, no, we just thought you meant power. 
I'm like, no, no. <laughs> we so I had to like literally recreate. What are we gonna do for 45 minutes? And that's when we had the language barrier. Yeah. So they didn't speak English. Wow. So I was like, all right. So Tito, this other guy that happened to be there, pulls out his guitar, and mind you, this was like uh, not my normal crew. So yeah. um, Tito, I had never really worked with. Yeah. And I'm just like. Try to play Be One World, the song I wrote in Africa. So he's just, you know, strumming chords yeah. and we're just teaching him how to dance. We're just <laughs> passing out interest, instruments. I mean, it was, that was the gig that was like completely off because we didn't have sound the rest of the time. Wow. So I had to like just create a show, which was actually really good for me because India was when I did it again with a different troupe. Um, and it got me thinking how to expand it to when we don't have sound. Yeah. You know, and what can I do when we do go to these areas that just don't can't yeah, provide PA? You started to think about that. Mm-hmm. The cool thing about to be to be one world and vocal trash too is that there is such a um, like it's such a production, and I don't mean that in terms of like sometimes, but I don't mean that in terms of like there's a lot of lights and sound and all that. But there's it's different than just like a band getting up and playing songs. There's like thought behind transitions there's mm-hmm. thought behind like what message you're conveying there's thought behind like how it's coming across and y'all put a lot of work into that musical theater was definitely it's my that's what i know yeah so when i started to think of how a flow of a show that's that's been my my thing that that's my schooling is definitely like how to keep it fresh and and yeah. um i always want like people to leave with feeling all emotions, you yeah. know, whether it's like tugging at the heartstrings or laughing or, or feeling good or um, that's kind of what I was trying to do, even with my new show, Vocal Trash, too, where it was like, all right, let's not do a whole song. We'll just blend into the next song yeah. and medleys or whatever. Yeah. And um, when I, you know, after doing some for 23 years um, and then trying to recreate or rebrand or whatever... It's, it's been super challenging, yeah. but um, it has like opened me up to being like, I want to make this show about just about that, about yeah. making people feel good and yeah. like doing songs that that just make them smile or bring like, I, you know, I just love this like connection with the crowd. And I think that's something because I've always said it's not a band because it's, yeah. it's really not. Yeah, and I never really knew how to describe it. People yeah. would ask me, like, well, what a, what, did, what did you do? I, call it? I was like, well, I was in a band, but it wasn't really a band. Right. It was, it's just not a good way to describe it. Um, and there's so many, like, just bands that, I mean, to be honest, don't give a shit about what the audience says or does or how they react. They're just up there to play their music. Right, right. Which is, I mean, that's another way to do it. Yeah. But that just, I, I always loved the approach of, like, trying to keep the audience in mind and like you're there to put on a show for and make them a part of it. Yeah. You know, I, that's, you don't see that very much. And that's always kind of, you know, with vocal trash doing so many fairs and stuff like that, we, and the covers and we'd pick covers that were good for that. But with my new show, it's been like, if I'm going to do covers, cause I tried, I, I've tried to a really cool thing too. Most places we went, um, we worked with artists that were local. So, in uh, Zambia, I worked with this artist named B-Flow, and he's huge over there. And we actually did a couple other songs together, too. Um, but you learn, like, their rhythms and what how they create music. Yeah. And then Jordan was the same way. 
um, uh, India was mm-hmm. the same way. We worked with these uh, these kids that um, created musical instruments out of trash, yeah. and they performed with us. Wow. Um, so it's been that's kind of what I've incorporated. That I'm still learning. Obviously, shows take time, uh, but with Two B One, it's been like I kind of want to make it like a, an experience, like a journey, like to let them know what it feels like to be a little bit in Africa or to feel what yeah. it feels like to be in India and bring in those rhythms. And um, that's what I've tried to make the new show, just more like an experience. That's cool. Tell me about your dream gig. And that can be like dream venue, dream whatever. You know, I'm dream whatever, whatever that means to you. Yeah. You know, I've this year has been a lot of um, learning which direction I'm going to go, you know, when you do the same thing for decades, it's, it's interesting to try to take your mind out of that, but take with you, but also starting fresh or whatever. And now I think where my focus is at my age is just my dream gig would be to continue abroad. Um, I would love to do a tour and just stay abroad and work with the youth. You Mm -hmm. know, I, I know that doesn't probably specifically say a gig but no but yeah I totally get yeah like I just I love working with kids I'm I'm not gonna have any kids I'm too old for that now but being able to like go to these places and just leave this impression with them that's just what I want to continue doing yeah that's awesome are there any plans to go to go back yeah it looks like I'm going back to India in uh March that's awesome um we uh performed at a bunch of some all girls school, um, but we were in the Himalayan mountains. And that, that that was interesting. We were on this bus that was smoking, and we're like driving up this cliff. I've never I, and it's like three lanes, but it's really one, <laughs> you know. And everyone, all the band, is, we're just like, oh my gosh, don't look to the left. It's straight <laughs> down. The bus is smoking. It's like this fifteen person bus, and I'm. It's literally straight up, and. I've never seen anything like India. India yeah. was something I'll take with me forever. But so a bunch of schools there, they've asked yeah. us to come back and do That's about great. 10 more. Yeah, because they're having some serious environmental issues there. So yeah. Are they really close wanna... to like the major metropolitan areas? That wasn't. We performed in New Delhi and Mumbai. Yeah. Um, and those, you know, would I come back to America and see, you know, our, our issues here and things, I, I places like that just leave this impression of just like, we have no idea how good we have it. Yeah. Because over there, I, they but they still have this, like, hope. And these yeah. kids are like, we want to make a difference, That's you know? Awesome. And you look around and you're like, how? <laughs> you know, where do you even start? Right. And, but they, it's, they don't give up. Yeah. Are there any, like, to be one gig, local gigs? Yeah, we're doing um, a plain old Christmas tree lighting November 19th. Um, that's a pretty fun one. And I'm doing like some individual gigs too, Great. you know, just, um, some solo gigs that I do at like the AC hotel in Fort Worth and I do some things in Plano. Um, but my website is Kelsey Ray, R-A-E. So Kelsey Ray, the number four piece.com. So Kelsey Ray for peace.com. Um, but there's stuff on there about that. Great. And then, you know, my Instagram's the same handle and then 2B1 World. Okay, cool. The band's really called 2B1, but 2B1 World. Yeah. Thank you so much for... Thanks for having me, Chris. This is fun. This is really fun. All right, there she goes. Thanks so much to Kelsey for coming on the podcast. Y'all, please be sure to go check her out. She is uber talented and always puts on a great show. So check out KelseyRayForPeace.com. Check out 2B1World. And uh, yeah, give her some love. 
Also, as a reminder, Chris J. Norwood and the Knockdown Dragout, we have our first single coming out this month, October 20th. It's a cover of the great Otis Redding track. Fa, 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 sad song. And uh, I'm really proud of it. It's really great. Give us a follow on uh, Instagram, Facebook, so you can find out. We've got some more tunes coming out in the next few months. We got a new album coming out, a debut album. We got some exciting shows to announce. Uh, and then remember, after our single comes out on the 20th, the next night, October 21st, we'll be at the Double Wide with Isaac Sloan and the Sound Brigade and the Infamists. It's going to be a really great show, and we hope to see you there. And we hope to see you at all future shows. And until next time, if you find yourself performing amongst the carnies, just remember, a gig's a gig, right? <laughs>